Hi, I'm Gio. And I'm Renee. And this is Listen To Me Podcast, where you get all the greatest in squeaky dog toy noises and in qualified <laughs> advice from qualified creatives. Basically, we go through it so you don't have to create a meetups.com profile you use so rarely that Gmail keeps marking the meetup events as spam. <laughs> that is the thing that is happening to me right now. What the fuck is meetups? It's like this sad website. Excuse me, I have to <laughs> deal with a squeaky toy situation. <laughs> sad website. Just give me one second. <laughs> These dogs can't be trusted. <laughs> so what's meetups? Meetups.com is a website where you can join groups. Like, you know, like a, what a Facebook group is, right? Did you really just ask me that? I did. <laughs> Today Renee. I was having an argument with my friends about what being vibe checked means. And we're all so old. Like we're all millennials. None of us really actually know how to use that expression in context. You know what's really fucked up is that I literally just said that to myself today. You vibe checked yourself? Okay, no, but like the what term. do you think that vibe check means? Like, okay. We had like a dis disagreement. This is what I think it is. So like let's say you and I sat down to record and you were just crusty that day. You know yes. what I mean? And you just came down you're like, oh God, like and I was like, hey figure out your shit later yeah. now's not the time like don't to me that's a, into this space yeah that's a vibe check like yes like why don't you like what is it what's wrong can, can i help you in this moment to figure your life that's like the third distinct definition i've heard of vibe check because my friends shout out to natalie amanda and sarah they all think or had heard i should say that vibe check means checking in like hey sweetie like how are you doing like from a place of like caring oh, no. and wanting to make sure that you're okay and then i've only seen vibe check used in the context of like vibe check and then somebody getting like <laughs> smacked in the face either emotionally or physically like it's one or the other so <sighs> yours is kind of part way between both of those and also everyone if you're listening welcome to listen to me where <laughs> unqualified millennials try to explain generation z slang that they've only seen on tiktok i hate tiktok i, <laughs> I, don't I hate TikTok. it <laughs> i hate it so much i i tried it I, for like a, literally a day and i just i deleted it immediately i was like this is the dumbest shit I've well ever now instagram has reels which is tiktok for people who are too old to be on tiktok i saw this post <laughs> and it was it was like this meme about elder millennials <laughs> Or like aging millennials or something. And I mm -hmm. just, are we, is that us? I guess. I don't know. Yeah, so you vibe checked yourself. I like that a lot. I used meetups to bring it like back around to, to our top <laughs> joke. Because I was trying to find writing community groups in Edmonton. Mm -hmm. When we didn't live in a corona world. So I actually did go to a few of the meetups. And I mean... It's interesting. It didn't exactly work for me, not because the site was dysfunctional, but because if I'm going to talk more about vibes, you kind of need to have a similar vibe to people who are reading your writing, who are giving you feedback on your writing and have some kind of understanding of what goal you're trying to accomplish. And I always found that the groups were very 
broad. So I would go and there would be like somebody who was writing a memoir for their mom. So they would be like 40 and they'd be like writing their parents' memoir. Mm -hmm. And then somebody else would be writing children's literary fiction. And then somebody else would be writing like a true crimes thriller. And none of those things are things that interest me. So it was difficult to give feedback. (laughs) (laughs) I was trying to be nice, but sure. Yeah. It was hard to engage because I didn't necessarily think or have that much understanding even of how to structure those kinds of stories. And yeah, like a lack of interest as well. So meetups.com can work if you work at it. I don't think that's their slogan. If it is, I feel really bad for them. Even like group chats. Oh, I hate. Mute them. Mute them forever or I immediately leave. I'll see. I'll be, oh. oh, somebody added me to a group chat. Leave. I fully leave. I don't <laughs> care. I do not give a fuck. <laughs> the only group chat that I'm actively active in is my siblings and I have a group chat on Instagram. And yes. so our names are Gio, Alessandro, and Lorena. So I named it Gals. <laughs> and so that's just like the one thing that I, I I genuinely enjoy that group chat just because it's my siblings but I just don't care <laughs> please stop adding me <laughs> I really love it when people add me to their MLM group chats that's my favorite but yeah I have a siblings group chat also is that a millennial thing mm-hmm. to have a siblings know. group chat but then Sarah, Amanda, Natalie, and I have a group chat that started on Instagram and we actually evolved it. So now we have a Discord channel just, or a Discord server, I guess, just for us with multiple themed channels. We call ourselves Pod Squad because we give each other podcast recommendations, but none mm. of them except for Natalie listen to this show. I don't think. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I. More aggressive with plugging it. I have friends who have genuinely been like, oh, yeah, like, I haven't caught up. Sorry. I'm, and I'm like, I don't care that you don't listen. Like, it's not like you listening you to my what? podcast makes you my friend. When people do listen, it always makes me so happy, but I don't waste time thinking about who's not listening and should be. 100%. So I was at book club on Sunday, and one of my friends from book club said, that, shout out to Leanne, if you're listening, if you've caught this far up, they said, oh, I'm so excited because I've been listening to your podcast and making my way through it. And it's so nice to hear you guys talk. It's like hanging out with friends, except I know you. And I was like, I love that. It made me Mm -hmm. so happy to hear that. And they were just excited that they had listened. And I was excited that they had listened also. Yeah, that totally relates to what I was talking to a friend today about when we were talking about like dating and putting yourself out there. And if you have an intention with somebody and they don't reciprocate, right? Or like, or they don't like you back or whatever. And it's exactly that where at this point, I don't worry about the people who don't reciprocate. I just kind of like, okay, like who cares? Move on. Yeah, exactly. And so I don't know. I'm relating it. it in. <laughs> we're t- relating it all back to our topic today. So today we're talking about how to find your people. I'm in it. I'm the, what am I? What's the person who leads the marching band? The marshal? The parade marshal? Band marshal? I don't know. I'm that person. I have a baton. <laughs> Follow me, everyone. With the amount of editing that I've done for this podcast <laughs> over the course of the last few months, the amount of times where you will respond to someone saying something and you'll be like, mm-hmm, yeah, yeah. So, and then, <laughs> and then like, pull it back to whatever. You're like, mm-hmm, uh-huh, mm-hmm, uh-huh. Back to this. <laughs> With our interviews, that's really challenging, I think, because I like listening to people talk, but I'm always cognizant of the fact that you're going to have to 
sift through three hours of uncut audio. And I'm like, we need to keep it tight. Keep it at tight two hours so that you only has to cut one. Like, I don't mind when it's uncut. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I wish, I wish that there was a visual component to this podcast sometimes because... <laughs> The body language that Gio just gave, it was like a small little coy, like shimmy, like a little, like a singer in the 1940s, like jazz club, like just warming right up to the mic, a little shoulder shimmy. No, you know what it is? I've been watching Golden Golden Girls. Girls. (laughs) It's it's such a blanche thing to do. Oh, my life body and my supple breasts. (laughs) I love her. Oh, I am B. Arthur for You are. You so oh, 100%. There's an episode where she talks about how she's Italian, or at least, like, her mom is. Every so on her mom's episode. side. <laughs> they oh. talk about it all the time. I haven't actually watched Golden Girls, so I've watched two episodes, I think, ever. Okay, so thank you for being a friend. <laughs> Let's talk about <laughs> finding your creative people. 40 minutes in. <laughs> <laughs> this is the longest intro in the history of Listen to Me. So... I will start off with a question, and I think it is appropriate to this episode. Do you feel, Gio, like you have found your creative squad? I'm going to be really deliberate and diligent about not using the word tribe here because I think it is problematic and appropriative. So we will talk about squads, gangs, peeps, entourages, and cliques, but not tribes. Do you feel like you have found? those people that group of people for you yeah i definitely have a version of that um one of the things that i find very i don't know if uplifting is the word or just encouraging is that a lot of the people that i hang out with who are close to me here in windsor especially are all entrepreneurs that's huge it's really common that the majority of the people that i talk to that i interact with who i hang out with outside of work life they're all entrepreneurs it's nice to talk shop there's always that topic of work or what we're doing in our careers. And that has been, it's nice to be able to like talk about things like that. Yeah. And when you have that point of commonality, but you're still coming at it from really different fields of expertise or interest, so to speak, that can spark insights that you wouldn't necessarily get if you were talking to people whose, I guess, business or creative pursuits were like so similar to yours Mm -hmm. that it just didn't leave much room for expansion or development because I think that a lot of the creative process and we've definitely talked about this before is that cross-pollinating and creative people tend to be able to pull from really disparate fields or areas of interest and then combine things in innovative ways so when you're with people who are like-minded, but who don't necessarily represent the same field of knowledge that you have, or don't work in the same industry that you do, I think that can be extremely valuable. Do you feel that you, I'll reverse the question, like back to you. Back to you, Renee. Thanks, Gio. (laughs) Anyway, we're looking at a storm front moving in. I'm just kidding. Uh, (laughs) My audition tape to become the weather lady. The weather non-binary person. Uh, Anyway. Did you just come out as non-binary? I don't know. I have been reading a lot about heteronormativity lately, and I feel like the word that describes me best is maybe genderqueer. 
or mm-hmm. maybe I'm allergic to gender. Or I saw this post that said, I'm a lapsed female who only practices at Christmas and Easter. And I was like, Ooh, I like that. That's what does that mean? Like when you have to go to family functions, <laughs> you make sure you look <laughs> like you belong somewhere on the gender fucking binary. <laughs> I think that I do have those people. I think it's been a, a journey for me to try to collect those people because I moved away. And so that made a huge difference for me. I didn't stay in the town that we grew up in. And then I also didn't stay in the town that I went to university in. And I know, or at least in my experience and my circle of friends, I know from speaking to them that many people especially at our age, so early 30s, the friendships that they cultivate or the people that they find, their squad or their peeps or however you want to say it, tend to be either friends that they've cultivated since high school or even further back, like me and you, even though we're long distance friends, Mm -hmm. or people from university. And for me, it's been more of an investment or a challenge even to, to keep those friendships going because of the distance right? And it's not yeah. for lack of love or care. It's just that the distance makes it, you have to make more of an effort. And so some people have, have dropped off in that way. And also I didn't really take myself seriously as a writer. And I didn't, I think I treated it like this. Oh, isn't it funny that I have this really silly, sad little hobby that one day, wouldn't it be nice if I were a writer? That's how I approached my relationship to my own writing and creativity for a really long time. And I'm moving further and further into this mindset of I I need to move away from seeking external acclaim or validation and just give it to myself and say to me that if I'm creating things, then that's enough. Mm-hmm. That's That's enough for me to identify myself as somebody who is a writer or writes because I do do those things. So when I started moving in that direction, that's when I was like, I need to find my people and I want to be able to have conversations with people who care about story structure or character development or, you know, the classic stories, like the hero's journey and all of that stuff. Right. Mm -hmm. So I have found those people. It just took me a while. And the thing is that they don't have to necessarily be other people who are in creative industries, other artists, other queer people. Like it doesn't even have to be that per se. It can be somebody who just supports you in what you're doing. I'm at a point now where the ball is rolling, let's say, in my career, in my life. I feel like I've entered this new phase, this new chapter, both personally, professionally, spiritually, emotionally, all of the things. Ponytail-y. The little man bun just gets like a little bit bigger every time. Every week. <laughs> I know it's I'm so long. I'm just getting more bangs. Like, do you see all I'm, of this bang? You're you're making up for the hair at the front of your head for the, lo- the loss that I'm uh, going through Ooh, at the front of my head. Do you want some hair? I'll send it to you. FedEx, yeah. baby. But anyway, like even friends who are not necessarily entrepreneurs or my family is very supportive of me, which is nice. At the beginning of my career, it was very like, 
I don't know. Like you're not really, you're not really the business type or like, you know what I mean? Like, oh that my kind God. Of, I said this the other day, I was talking to my friend Sawyer who runs Shred Shop here in uh, Windsor, which is a circuit training gym. Sawyer, if you're listening, Gio's wearing a Shred Shop branded shirt. I am. That's Sawyer really does, difficult to say. Sawyer 100% does not listen to this. <laughs> I, I don't even have to ask her. I, I haven't asked her and I know she doesn't. Damn it, uh, Sawyer. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> we were talking about, you know, all the things you have to think about as a business owner, as an entrepreneur, because yeah. she's like running her show too, right? As much as I like to say I am a business owner, I'm not a businessman. I'm a man in business. If that makes sense. <laughs> Yes. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it's that's kind of how I see it because I'm not like I'm not one of those like oh we're gonna trade these to well, say. Well, you're as an not example. somebody who's acquiring businesses or trying no. to trade stocks or shit like that. It reminded me of when because I just re-listened to the Casey episode <laughs> to do the write up when Casey was talking about how many things she has to do as part of self-publishing, mm-hmm. and that's all the business yeah. air quotes of self-publishing but she thinks of herself as a writer first and foremost same i definitely get that support from my husband as well and he has suffered through many unscheduled rant sessions where i've tried to explain a plot problem to him in whatever i'm writing at the time and he's also read a lot of the shorter stuff that I've written. So short stories or poems and things like that. Mm -hmm. And I find that really helpful and supportive. Even if he's not giving me critique that another writer would, I had my 12 year old nephew write a story or read a story. I should say that I wrote that was with his age range in mind. And I asked him what he thought about it. And I asked him if he was interested in it. I asked him if he thought parts of it were spooky because it was supposed to be kind of scary a little bit. And that is huge to me. I find all of that stuff extremely supportive because instead of being dismissive, you know, he was really into it and he he was really excited to give me his feedback about it. <laughs> but that's good. Like the, the fact that you can interact with other people or I don't know if interact is the right word, but you can Bring people other can, people in kind of? Yes, and have them engage with mm-hmm. your your work at any level that it's at, to me is useful, whether it's a critique or a, a feedback or anything like that, or if it's, oh, I listened to your podcast. Amazing. Like yeah. that to me is awesome, you know, and yes. I'm appreciative of that. And so I don't need anything more than that. That's just because I know someone is in my corner, even if it's just pressing play. That dovetails nicely into the next topic of, you know, being able to identify who your creative people are. And I think it's important or maybe instrumental to acknowledge that you can have people who are supportive of your creative passions or pursuits from different aspects. So you have your family who might be cheerleading you and giving you emotional support and occasionally engaging in critique of your work whether it's solicited or not thank you so much mama shangela for the listen to me podcast episodes and then <laughs> you have people like for example in my book club or writing group who are all people who write so there are people who write creative fiction there are people who write poetry and everybody has different avenues that they're working on But those people are all engaged in similar 
pursuits. And so when we have conversations, they're a lot, they're at like a technical level. And so when you talk about, so for example, Gio, you and I have had conversations where I'll say, oh, this is how much my writing output has been for the last little while. And you've said to me before, I don't know what that means. If you're writing X amount of words a day, is that like how many pages? Right. Cause you don't have anything to gauge it with. Whereas if I have that conversation with another friend who's a writer, they know exactly what I'm talking about. I think it is important to have different people for different needs, but always keeping in mind that you want to surround yourself with people who are receptive and who take seriously what you're doing mm-hmm. and don't dismiss the struggles or hardships of it by being like have you tried doing something else or like maybe you should give it up <laughs> you know what i mean that that is the most <laughs> frustrating thing when somebody yeah. is just like poo-poos what you're you're trying to do and cuz they just don't yeah. understand it and that's where it comes from within where you have to okay i'm not going to take this personally because it's not about me this person just doesn't get it. And I can't be sad that they don't because it's not, maybe it's not for them to get. When you have in mind who certain people are in your life and what kind of function they fulfill, like I love my friends and I don't categorize them according to the, the functions that they have, like their Roombas or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> but I have different friends for different things. So I know that some of my friends can engage with me when I'm talking about how hard it is to write a novel, like for example, or talking about being stuck in a day job that really doesn't do that much for me. I was talking about that today with the pod squad and my friend Amanda said, have you ever considered writing grants she was like if it's available to you why don't you try to take a little bit of time off work and then look at grants for the arts in canada and then write a grant proposal and see if you can get funding Mm. and then you might be able to take a leave of absence from your work unpaid but supplement it with grant money and actually write something and do something that you enjoy and you're engaged in and i was like dang amanda that's actually a really good idea fucking right and amanda's not a writer and i was like holy fuck that's such a smart idea and i don't think that in any conversations with my writer friends they have suggested that avenue to me there are a lot of people who write grants who are not necessarily writers when you have people who are supportive of you but can't don't necessarily engage in the same kind of creative stuff that you do they can still cross pollinate right they mm-hmm. still come up with ideas that can inform moments of insight or engagement for you and those people are great i've been at this for over a decade at this point mm-hmm. and the variety of people that I have met over the course of that 10 years or whatever, however long it's been and how they have informed or helped me connect or reconnect, get inspired in my own work has been both obvious and surprising. There's other people out there like me in a professional way or in a, but they're also similar to me in a personal way. And that helped me to find common ground with a lot of different people in different areas that I wouldn't be where I'm at had I not met all these people over the years and you never know where you're going to meet them. It's like what Patrick said, like, even if it's from a guy from Grindr, you know what I mean? (laughs) Where you, like you meet up and you go for coffee and you're like, oh, this, this person who the intention was just to meet, to go for on a date or whatever, could be that connection that leads you to more of your people that connect with you. And so I don't know, just being open. Um, I know it's not as easy right now because of Miss Coco Rona, but like even yesterday I had a Zoom call. Wait, what's today? Monday? Yeah. 
okay, no. So Friday, I had a I had a Zoom call on Friday with somebody who, like, you know, those like emails where it's like, hey, I wanted to connect you with so and so. I've never received an email like that. What is that kind of email? He's a colleague. He's a he's a client of mine, and he's also a friend. And he said, hey, Geo he cc'd someone on an email saying i would like you to meet this person that you oh, could okay, potentially yeah. work together and so we ended up setting up a zoom call on friday which i haven't done since the beginning of quarantine i haven't done one in a while the only time i zoom with anyone is you now for this now i have another connection do we have things in common do i want to work with you what's your background what's my background and it was nice to just shoot the shit when he's in toronto i'm here and then have a potential person that could be in your network. Coronavirus has really limited our opportunities because that's what I was doing at conferences last year. So right. when I joined the Writers Guild of Alberta, I took the opportunity to go to the Writers Guild conference and annual general meeting. And it was the same thing. I just went by myself mm. and I made connections with people there based on if I felt we had a point of commonality. And that's how I ended up meeting uh, Sophie Pinkowski, who invited me to the book club that I'm now a part of. And I also met some other people there who I connected with more through social media and that it ended up we didn't super jive together, but you have to keep trying, right? Mm -hmm. And I, I did a lot of that in 2019. I went to these meetups like I was talking about, or I kept people's business cards and emailed them and scheduled meetings and saw kind of tried to see more of what they were about outside the conference context. And some of them have been really good at motivating and encouraging and supporting and creating that kind of mutual support system of achieving my goals of writing or pushing myself further toward the goals that I have for myself. And some of those people were not like that. So I've taken webinars through the WGA and stuff like that. Oftentimes when I do webinars or any kind of instructional course, I look up the person who's instructing. If I really like the course on social media and then I'll tag them in social media or I'll follow them or whatever and, and say, I really enjoyed this. And that's another connection. And oftentimes those people will present opportunities or resources that you wouldn't otherwise know about. You know what I mean? Everything is like a stepping stone. 2020 is a fucking shit show. And I feel mm -hmm. like it's just continuing next year. At the very least, last year you went. Yeah, I so did. And was... I had a really positive experience all the time. Even the more negative stuff that I'm talking about where I made these connections, quote unquote, that didn't work out or didn't or just petered out kind of naturally or were mutually unsatisfying. So we just parted ways for everything, every interaction like that. I have five more interactions that were positive. I don't see it as negative. Yeah. That's just life. Who was I talking to recently? Even saying like, Oh, I'm not, I'm, I don't feel like I'm as connected with my friends and this and that. And I'm like, yeah. that's normal. It's normal for people to go off in different directions, no matter what the relationship. So to me, it's not, I don't see it as negative. No, and you can grow. Well, I'm just talking about people who yeah. I didn't necessarily have a connection that was sustainable with in that way. BFF status. Well, not even BFF, but like people who didn't align. And I think that's important because 
When you, I, I do think it's important to talk about this in the context of finding the people who are going to keep your creative spark burning, so to speak, or whatever. Sometimes you're going to meet people who line up with what you want for your creative friendships or your creative peers. They meet all of those requisites on paper. So you're like, this is a person who has a lot of the same interests as me and maybe has, as Gio, you were talking about like charted territory in places that I would eventually like to go so I could really benefit from their mentorship or learning from their wisdom. Or, you know, we have these other points of commonality that I think should inform a really good relationship and the connection just isn't there. Or there's some shit that makes that an unsustainable relationship or makes you uncomfortable in some way or makes you feel like you don't get the support or the reciprocal, I don't want to say positivity because again, we've talked a lot about toxic positivity and stuff like that because there's always going to be shit, right? When you're having an interaction with somebody, Mm -hmm. but someone who's not consistently a positive presence in your life. And you have to learn that you have to have a good sense of self and you have to be able to let that go without beating yourself up over it or pouring so much energy into it that by the time you realize this is not healthy for me, you're already down the drain, so to speak. One of the hardest things for me to embody as far as a concept was to not look for people outside of yourself to support you. That is a bonus. The one person that has to support you the most is yourself and you have to be headstrong. And I know it's difficult, especially nowadays to feel like I got this, like everything's good. And you need like a whole slew of things to help you. But that one thing is if you feel it in yourself and that this is something I'm going to manifest, this is something I want to work towards. This is something that I truly believe in, even if I don't always actually believe it because I am fake it till you make it. You know, like I said, like at the beginning when I was like, I want to start a business and my own family who, and they were like, "Mm, I don't know, maybe you should just work for someone else. It's easier. And I was like, I'm going to show them. I'm going to, and it wasn't even like a personal vendetta, like truly, it was just me. I'm going to make this happen. It's so just, anyone who's supporting you is just icing on the cake, basically, yes, is what you're saying. Absolutely. And I'm saying, I completely agree with you. And I'm also saying on the flip side of that, be aware of people who would dim your light, whether intentionally or unintentionally. Mm-hmm. It is not selfish or shitty to recognize that some people you are just not simpatico with and you need to move on from that and Mm -hmm. you but you have to cultivate like I said that level of awareness where you go this is not making me feel good even though we have all of these things in common and we share a lot of the same passions these are not interactions that are making me feel like I am supported or valued in that way and sometimes that feeling is mutual and it's kind of a relief to to articulate it to that person and sometimes that person will disagree with you but at the end of the day you have to make that decision for yourself it goes to your point Gio, of like having that belief in self or having that investment in yourself where you're like i am worth more than this. I am worth feeling good and I am worth having relationships that I feel are reciprocal and that I'm putting effort into that is equal to the effort that the other person is putting in and that is having a positive effect on my life. 
I'm at a point now where I can genuinely say that if there's somebody in my life who has to comment on things that mm. I'm going after, like things in my life that I find important that mean a lot to me, don't invest in that relationship. Yeah. It's not worth it. There's so many people that I've been like, bye, bitch. I don't care. I'm doing what I need to do because it's going to make me happy. I don't care what you have to say because of your own shit that you're projecting onto me. I struggle with that for sure. I can be really honest about that and be like, I'm so self-critical that I sometimes will take, if I am friends with or having interactions with somebody who is saying things saying shit to me that is also really critical and unhelpful because I think there's a difference between giving constructive feedback in a way that's meant to be supportive or help you grow and just being critical for the sake of being critical. I'm talking about the latter. Yeah. So, and I have a hard time differentiating those two things because I'm so critical of myself. And I was definitely in a situation where I was friends with somebody who didn't validate or didn't honor the fact that there were some things that I think of as being valuable. And I, it's a subtle distinction, I think, because I do, I am interested in having friendships, relationships, and conversations with people who challenge the way that I think, because I think that's part of having a kind of growth mindset. And I like to know stuff. I'm curious. I'm a curious person and I enjoy understanding things from multiple viewpoints. But at the same time, at the end of the day, the people that I want in my corner, so to speak, or the people that I want to put energy into my relationships with are not the people who are going to denigrate things when I say this is important to me. So like if I'm working on getting published, for example, somebody making the comment, well, maybe you should, maybe it's better that you didn't get published by that press because they're kind of suspect, or maybe it's better for you right now that you're not getting published uh, because you can work on other stuff. That's not necessarily helpful to me. And again, these comments can be made in the spirit of supportiveness, but they can also very easily fall into the that latter category of criticism just for the sake of criticism or being unhelpful or whatever. Like they're speaking from their own lived experience, but I'm like, okay, but let me have this because it's important to me. <laughs> One of the most liberating things to keep at the forefront of your mind yeah. is that most people's conversations and how they interact with you, it has nothing to do with you. It's their yeah. own crap that they're just yeah. kind of like sprinkling in your bowl, in, on, on you. And yeah. then you're like, what? What the fuck? <laughs> I gotta, I got I need like that little front brain pocket to keep that in there because I do, I take on so much shit that in retrospect, I look back at it and I go, that had nothing to do with me. I could have pulled fully formed balloon animals out of my ass. And that still wouldn't have been enough for that person to be happy or content with what I was doing because they wanted something from me that I can give them because they can't even give it to themselves. Listen, yeah. mama cancer, you got to like take <laughs> the emotions out of it. No, for real, but I'm being serious. Yes, I am a very emotional person and I'm very susceptible to other people's emotions. I don't know if I'd go so far as to say that I'm an empath because I'm not sure that I fully believe in that but I do have that and I yeah. and I consciously question that that's a process that I have where if I feel really low I go Renee I check in with myself and I go are you taking on 
other people's emotional baggage and feeling bad about yourself because they had a negative reaction toward you and you think that somehow makes you a shitty person, Mm -hmm. we should step away from that. Maybe we'll just leave this here for now and not fucking wallow in it. Let's just put put a fence around it and just don't go in there. I am the cut off queen. Like seriously, I will cut you off in a heartbeat if there is any sense of you are fucking with my vibe. Okay. You know, we talked about vibe check. Vibe check. <laughs> you are, yeah. They're like, they're metaphorically checking themselves into my vibe and then yeah. fucking with it. And it's like, I don't have, I've done that to family where I'm yeah. like, you're irritating and you have no positive energy to give me ever it's always draining i'm like i don't i don't have time for that i I will not fake the funk i don't care who you are i'm not going to pretend to have a relationship with you just because there's a history well we've been friends for this long and i'm like if you can't communicate properly and they are constantly and i i've talked to so many people who have these relationships where and we all have i'm not immune to it Mm -hmm. where there's these people in their lives who are like they're constantly like oh this person in my life like they're they're always going through problems. Mm-hmm. And every time I talk to them, it's this, it's a negative, it's this and that, whatever. I'm like, yep. why the fuck are you still giving them the time of day? Maybe I seem cutthroat, but like, I just, I don't know. Cause I'm like very, I, I'm very protective of my, my space, my, my energy, my vibe. <laughs> I no, I do think that makes a lot of sense. And I, I am like that too, to a certain extent. I think I have a harder time cutting people off the longer I've known them. So I do do that thing where I'm like, oh, we have so much history, but I'm trying to be more <laughs> cognizant of drawing these boundary lines and i just read the artist's way by julia cameron Mm. that apparently i I referenced on the show before and i thought it was interesting i read the abridged version which i think graded less that's my takeaway i think it would have annoyed me more if i had read the whole thing why why is it grading Eh, it's kind of dated in this way and it's there's a lot of um really I feel like you would like it, and this isn't a read at all. It's just that there's so much rhetoric in it where Julia Cameron is basically going, you need to snap out of it. Like, get over yourself. And I that gets old quickly to me because I don't come from that viewpoint, so I can hang with it for a little while. But at a certain point, I'm like, just stop yelling at me. I get it. Like, fuck. But there's one part of the book that what you were talking about kind of reminded me of which is that she talks about how one of the ways that and i'm not saying i subscribe to this i'm just putting it out there one of the ways that creatives devalue themselves or their own time or their own energy or kind of what you were talking about like mental space or life space is by not only attracting but keeping people like you just described in their orbit so these people who take up a lot of their energy because that gives them a ready-made excuse for not pursuing the creative projects that they want to because they've Mm. drained so much of their energy on this person whose emotional needs seem really important. And I have done that too. I have distracted myself by getting super, super invested and involved in family drama or friendship drama. And the older I get, the more I'm like, I don't have the time or energy for this because I'm fucking busy. And if busy means me sitting on the couch with my husband watching a new episode of that fucking Nexium show on HBO while I cross-stitch, like, I'd rather waste, waste, I'd rather use my time on that than listening to somebody 
slowly wear me the fuck down with their problems that they just can't, you know what I mean? Like everybody that I have in my immediate circle has their shit mostly together. Everybody's yeah. got bumps in the road and ex- and I'm here and I listen to my friends when they have problems and they, as they listen to me, but there's nobody in my life who just brings the drama constantly. Absolutely. Not anymore. I'm vibe checking myself, okay, on a regular basis. <laughs> I am. Like, I literally, if I'm ever getting somewhere, I, I don't know what it is. I just, I won't allow myself to spiral anymore. Yeah. If yep. that makes sense. Because I'm like, this, no, it does. we've been there before, girl. We've done this already. Why are you allowing yourself? You and then it's this feels bad. Even in creative circles and stuff, right? Because people's personalities tend to be kind of eccentric or you might end up having a relationship with somebody who is you might see it as a power imbalance where you're like, oh, this person is introducing me to like maybe a lot of people who are going to um, beef up my network or maybe they're introducing me to other, an instructor who might be able to help me or somebody who might help advance my career or advance my knowledge or expertise in some way, okay? That happens. I have seen that relationship dynamic. I have experienced that relationship dynamic. That doesn't mean that you owe a piece of your soul to these people. If they are toxic or inimical to you, get the fuck away from them. Mm -hmm. Don't harangue yourself and say, oh, but they introduced me to so-and-so and and that's the reason I got this piece published or they were the reason that I got that last slot in this workshop I really wanted to. You cannot let people like that make you feel like you are indentured to their friendship. I never feel that way because it's a stepping stone. I look at things as temporary. Okay, example. I went through the mentorship program through the CGLCC. Am I talking to my mentor every day just because we talk to each other regularly for that year? No. He's living his life. I'm living mine. Just because we had a good interaction and he helped me tremendously doesn't mean that I have to check in with him every fucking week. Yeah. It was wonderful and it was useful for both of us and we are both moving on. Yeah. But I think specific to that, so that is a really good example, Gio, but I think if you were in a situation where, for example, he was constantly, and I'm not trying to cast aspersions on him by any means. I'm just saying like, if you were in a situation where he was constantly calling you and being like, Hey, what's going on? And like, can you do this? And blah, blah, blah. Like making you feel some sense of obligation when the relationship wasn't really serving you. I think in those contexts, it can be harder to extricate yourself because you're like, Oh, I owe a debt here. And I think that it's important to, be aware of that and don't Mm -hmm. let yourself fall into the mental trap of like, oh, I owe this person something because a friendship, a true actual friendship that's going to- Yes. No friendship can survive, I think, that is predicated on this idea of a debt that you (laughs) owe or they owe or there needs to be some kind of balance. I think that's a really shitty situation that's only going to lead to catastrophe. There are people, we talked about this in our toxic, not very much, but we talked about this in our toxic creatives episode. There are people in the creative sphere who will take advantage of their clout. And I think that's where you see mm-hmm. abuses of power and these, these dynamics in a relationship that are based on this idea of obligation. Because it, even in situations um, where it's not a spoken thing, 
it's just this sort of like implied thing that like, oh, I'm doing you this favor and one day I will come to collect. And you have to just have that unawareness of that. And I agree with you, Gio. Don't let somebody hold that shit over you. I have said this before. I actually say this a lot to Clay because sometimes this is like the least... Um, high stakes thing ever like he'll be like oh do you want me to do the dishes tonight or whatever when it's my night to do the dishes and I will say to him if you are willing to do the dishes without ever bringing up to me in the future that you did the dishes on a night where it was not your turn to do the dishes I accept this favor but a favor given with strings is not a favor and I don't want it I would rather do the dishes yeah so watch for people who are like that you gotta watch that kind of shit and it's not even watching for people who are like that but watch that tendency in yourself you know what I mean? Don't mm-hmm. let somebody hold that over you. And Cause I do that, do that with clay. Like if he brings it up to me later and is like, Hey, remember when I did the dishes? I'm like, Nope, I don't want to hear yeah. about it. I'm like, don't fucking do stuff for me out of the quote goodness of your heart. And then bring it up to me later. Like there's some kind of imbalance here. Cause I, that's bullshit. I hate that. And that's the thing with, <laughs> I've, I've, I've dealt with that with cl- some people close to me in my life. I won't mention names where, <laughs> But if they're listening, public forum. <laughs> if they're listening, they know who they are. <laughs> where there have been situations where it's like, I giveth, I giveth, I giveth. You accepted the giveth, but I'm gonna make you feel terrible about the fact that I, what? Why you put me in a situation that has made me? It's compromising my not Christianity, but <laughs> <laughs> my innocence. <laughs> I did not expect you to say that. It's really funny. You know what I mean? Where it's like, yeah, I do. Like, bitch, you're putting me in a compromising situation that is not fair. It's manipulative. Ah, uh, but uh, and this is why. Mm-hmm. This is why I put in the work to be a better person and to better myself in all areas, like I mentioned earlier, personally, emotionally, professionally, etc. In order to not do those things, because I cannot. I cannot. Yeah. Period. Okay, if we're back from break and we're going (laughs) to wrap this up like I do, I think we've covered a lot of ground in this episode and I think that this stuff that we've had to say about this is helpful. I mean, that's my personal opinion and the reason we have a podcast. This is the thing that I've come to realize based on people's feedback of when they talk about what we talk about. Mm -hmm. I don't even expect certain things to hit with people or to click with people. And they expect it. What to expect when you least expect it. Um, (laughs) And uh, no, truly. I I fucking hope not. (laughs) I am not ready to be a mother. Not again. (laughs) (laughs) I will not. (laughs) The conviction in your eyes. I can't. Again, we need to release the video. You know, my mom always said that I should. I should have been an actress. (laughs) That I I missed my calling. (laughs) Next, Meryl Streep. Because I always love to like annoy my nonna, like make fun of her, and just. (laughs) I think it. I think she genuinely loves it, like in a weird way. Yeah. And there was one time where I was just being my usual self, which is extra as fuck. And she just looks at me. She like has her eyes closed. She nods her head subtly side to side. And she goes, 
you need to be in the movie. <laughs> you like it, the people on the TV. <laughs> no stop attacking. <laughs> Like I know, right? Oh my god! I would love to have her on the podcast. (laughs) Could you imagine? It would never have Wi-Fi in her apartment. She does not. Uh, My my little cousins always bug her because they're like of the you know the tablet generation, screen generation, generation screen. No, no. Why you not? Oh wait, they don't have an accent. (laughs) accent. (laughs) Hold on a minute here. We lost him to the method acting. <laughs> I was thinking about it while I was on my pee break. And I was like, how would I summarize this episode into quick tips? And we always talk about this. I feel like we preach this in every episode, which is know thyself. Mm-hmm. Get a handle on who you are as a person before you're going out and trying to network. And just keep that awareness with you when you are making connections don't ever turn it off that's the Mm. thing that will attract the people that will jive with you in all of the you know the boxes that you want to tick whether it's like in your personal life your professional life or whatever to me that has been such a saving grace when i've genuinely been myself at any type of function if it was that if that was the case or an interview like there this is this is the thing that i think changed for me was when i used to interview for jobs yeah and you know you're like oh i hope they hire me oh i hope they like me oh my god and and but it's like what if i don't like them yes then i don't want the job and then you so you're interviewing them at the same time it's like a two-way it's a reciprocal just like anything else yeah you don't want to work with people just because of their status you don't want to work with people because of what they can do for you if they're not going to see the validity in you as a person and your own goals go elsewhere yeah those connections and relationships have their place for sure Mm -hmm. especially if you're trying like geo to create that entrepreneurial you know make your own business that kind of thing you will end up having to work with people or connect with people who aren't necessarily people that you want to keep around and that's challenging but for the purposes of this episode talking about finding the people who are going to nurture your creative spirit respect your boundaries because Mm -hmm. that will help you find people who also respect your boundaries right and believe people when they show you what kind of person they are like i yeah I I know for myself, like I'm a little bit less like cut them out if they're like jerking you around than Geo is, but I still I honor my boundaries and I respect myself. So if somebody jerks me around and I go, you know, I, I can come for this. <laughs> somebody jerks me off. Geo's doing his shoulder shimmy again. Oh, uh, <laughs> I could only oh. hope that someone would jerk me around a little bit. <laughs> It's been 25. Jerk me off sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) I, much like Mae West, respect myself. Mm -hmm. And I can give people a chance, but I know where my boundaries are, right? So if I give somebody a chance and they fail to show up in some way or don't respect my boundaries in some way again, then it's done. Do you have any creative (laughs) power-ups? I do actually. I don't know if I can use this as my creative power up. I'm going to say it and then you can cut it if it's not, if it's not appropriate. Honestly, I feel like it'll be fine. Uh, Yeah. So my work has this professional development fund. You know what? Just stop there. Let's cut it. (laughs) (laughs) That's terrible. (laughs) Well, I'm 
excited because I am going to, well, yeah, after I'm, we're done recording this episode, I'm going to go enroll in this DIY MFA program, which is kind of like, you know how I'm always spiraling and being like, I need to go back to school and get my master's degree. And you're always like, Renee, stop calling me at 4am and telling me this. (laughs) It's like, at least someone's calling me. (laughs) (laughs) It's like a, I don't know how great it is, but the program was developed by somebody who did their MFA in creative writing. And after taking the program, she was like, these, the things that you get out of the MFA, so learning writing technique, practicing writing, having your work critiqued, and then getting it to a point where it's publishable or learning more about the publishing process. She's like, all of these things, just like a lot of school programs, exist in pools of knowledge outside normal academia and she's like she wrote a book about how you could conceivably do your own like self-directed study Mm -hmm. for like an mfa in creative writing and then she developed a workshop based around her program framework that she developed and my work is paying for it so i'm gonna fucking do it why if it's a total write-off i'm doing it why wait so why would that not be something you'd want to say as your creative power up i think that's awesome oh i don't know because i didn't want to be like i'm taking money from my work to do my dumb writing shit (laughs) but i guess it doesn't but like a lot of people do that if it's something that's going to enrich your own oh yeah no go for it girl i'm 100 percent. it's totally legit who's it through gabriella perez i feel like if how did you like how did you come across this Man, I don't actually know. This was like definitely something that I came across when, oh, sorry, her name is Gabriela Pereira. Um, I came across it when I was Googling craft books, maybe, or somebody might have mentioned it during one of the conferences that I was at. And maybe they looked into it or they might have read her book. And then I looked her up online and she had some free video resources that I thought were pretty interesting and kind of clicked with some other stuff that I had seen at the conferences that I attend where people were talking about how to use data to track your productivity, which is not that interesting. I don't want to get into like a super sidebar about it, but I did find the concept intriguing. I was like, oh, you can quantify and kind of use statistics to support. This is when I'm at the best with my writing and blah, 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 all this stuff, right? So um, yeah, you can look up her book. It is for sale for $10 on Google Play Books. Did you steal that voice from Nicole Byer? Uh, no, I... Because it sounds like her. I've been listening to her podcast. I'm like, Renee talks like that sometimes. She, she does that, vo- that voice where it's very like... Blah, okay, blah. I love Nicole Byer, so I will take that as a compliment, even though <laughs> I'm sure it's a terrible Nicole Byer impression. She is... Oh my God, she's so funny. And now you took me down a whole rabbit hole. Anyway, what's your creative power? <laughs> <laughs> uh, mine is not as lengthy as yours. Um, <laughs> what has been very invigorating and energizing has been getting back into the hashtag fit fam life, even though I fucking hate that hashtag. <laughs> Put that in a it. post. I'm like, hate fuck yourself. Go fuck I'm yourself. Al- I have hives right now because you even just. <laughs> <laughs> You said on a previous episode, you're like, I something about like my sentence structure, and you're like, oh, I'm getting shingles from that sentence structure. I was like, yes. I am so 
funny. Irrepressibly <laughs> stupid. It's just incredible <laughs> to me. I've been back at Shred Shop three, four days a week. I'm at the gym. I'm doing yoga. It's been... Oh, nice. Uh, it's been... <laughs> <laughs> One week since you gave me hives. <laughs> I'm actually doing the same, and it's partly because when we have our check-ins weekly, you talk a lot about moving and then it reminds me in my tiny lizard brain that I also like to move so I've been doing yoga more too did I tell you that clay bought ring fit for the Nintendo switch it's like a workout game so clay streams on twitch and his handle is at super clay station and he is doing it online on the internet in front of people and it is I'm shocked that he would do it is what I'm saying he does and he was talking about how people who watch him because he only has nine I think nine to fifteen people will watch him at a time or or whatever he said that the people who watch him will be like this is actually like really inspiring me to like get it because Clay's not very coordinated he's no like athlete right but he's just doing it because it makes him feel good (laughs) Chios Gio, I did not purchase these gun show tickets. <laughs> <laughs> Will you do your seal clap? It gets me every time. When I text you, okay, so Renee and I have this thing where if she makes me laugh or if we make each other laugh, I hate LOL because I think it's so stupid, but we write LLOL, like, which means literally laughing out loud. <laughs> And that's how, that's my way of saying like, I'm cracking up dying. And so when I type that, I'm genuinely doing the seal slap. Like I'm like <laughs> dying just over a text. Cause it could be the dumbest shit. And I'm like, not a lot of people make me laugh like that. Oh my God. I love it so much. It's so good for my ego. It's delightful. <laughs> oh, fuck. It's the truth. You're hilarious. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to me. And to me. <laughs> and if you have any burning questions or call back (laughs) (laughs) you can't use that (laughs) every every time that's my turn i'm gonna do call back um fuck i didn't think of it um mm. if you have any burning questions or any spoop timber spells that you can give us to ward off people who drain your energy please email us at listen to me podcast at gmail.com or direct m direct m us i was gonna say direct or dm us god direct damn it enema us, you know. hey i won't say no i really like that idea yeah if you have any tips for getting rid of energy vampires it's just seasonally appropriate yeah it's um, true And if you like what you hear, let us know by rating this podcast and subscribing. That is so huge for us, guys. When you rate the podcast, when you write comments about it, and when you subscribe, it helps make our teeny tiny podcast more discoverable. Just a thumbs up, (laughs) something. Just the fire emoji. The the five stars on Apple Podcasts. Like it's huge. It does help. So you can follow us on social media at listen to that's the number two me pod um, on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And the music in this episode is graciously provided by audionautics.com. Bye, you guys. Bye, friends. Goodbye. Goodbye, my friends.